0: It is indeed Jam Session. Subscribe, rate, review, hang out with us for a while. Right here on the Jam Session podcast, sponsored as always by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights that legal battle, so you'll have time for healing and renewal. But right now, that moment we've all been awaiting for has arrived. Ladies and gentlemen, the radio, the TV, the podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. What up, dog? I would be the non-sexy one. It's Matt McLaren. This is Jam Session, the podcast, version 283, asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled. If not entertained. Oh, a lot to dive into with the Dallas Cowboys. We now know their practice squad, the way this is going to work. It sounds like they might admit that they realize they have an offensive line need, if maybe not problem, but at least they're willing to admit they need to look at some other things. So we've got that for you looking at them as we are now sitting one week away essentially from getting ready for the opening weekend of the NFL. We also got some stories around the block, college football weekend, their biggest weekend of the year with all the games going for five straight days. But we can't dive into that unless we tell you about Greening Law. They're the main reason we get to keep doing this, man. Greening Law, they've been fantastic partners with us. As many of you know, I am a client of theirs. I've been working with them for over a year. And, you know, you get it's one of those things sometimes like, well, and they're like, no, no, no focus on getting yourself right and we'll just keep working on the case we've got all the stuff in the background are you still in pain and I'm like well I mean my back is okay well let's find you let's go get another opinion let's go over here and then they I go well who do I call they go don't worry about it we'll find the person and then they call me and they go all right well we were told by your lawyers we need to get you an appointment I'm like this is fantastic that's that's the type of work that greening law does for you dude
1: it's about for me man it's it's about having somebody who walks you through the process because as matt has told you it's a long process it can be a tedious process it can be a scary process if you don't know exactly what's coming well that's what they do man they illuminate all the issues for you so that you know what's going they hold your hand through some parts of the process and at the end of the day normally they tell you hey it's gonna be okay and you know that's why i say if you got any problems pick up the phone give them a call tell them your problem and hope and pray that they bring you on as a client. Yeah, that
0: consultation's free, man. So if you think you've got a case, what are you waiting for? 972-934-8900. Write it down. Memorize it. 972-934-8900. It's Robert Greeney. Call now. Offices, Dallas, Texas. The Dallas Cowboys, we now know, have gone through it all. And some things that jump out, we'll just start with the practice squad moves, and then we'll get into the rest. But the practice squad... They did not put in a claim for anybody else's player, nor were any of the 27 players that the Cowboys waived claimed by anyone else. So basically what that means is the 53 that we talked about on the last podcast, they were now able to build their practice squad with 16 guys they wanted. They didn't lose anybody they wanted to keep. And there wasn't anybody else out there in the NFL that was released by some other team that they wanted to go out and get. So they have the 16 guys in the squad they want. I always find that interesting in this sense. There's not a single
1: player you cut that nobody deemed they can help us. I thought that's I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just like, nobody, huh? Nobody? Now the reality is, and I think, is what we've talked about several times I know for sure, which is you sign these guys in January they go through the entire offseason program. They go through all the OTAs and all the mini camps, and then you get to the final cut. So they are actually guys that you like, guys who know your system, guys who know your team, you know, you know what your team is all about, the chemistry, the, all that stuff. And so, in a lot of cases, you just be like, why do I want another running back when, when my running back's been with me for the last six months, he just wasn't good enough to beat out these three guys. So Malik Davis, yeah. Why well, we? Why would we want another running back? We had to bring in, teach the system, blah 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 blah. We got this guy here. Well, it's like that on every, uh, you know, on most teams. And so I'm not really, at one level, I'm not surprised that they brought guys
0: back. I am a little surprised that nobody wanted your guys. Nobody, huh? Yeah, I think that that's always interesting as well, and that's one thing that kind of jumps out to you about this. But the practice squad is what it is, and so you look at this, and this is really interesting. Because this is where the backup quarterback situation comes into play. So with the new rules on NFL roster management, what the Cowboys have decided to do, it sounds like, because nobody wants Cooper Rush, which is not a surprise, I don't know, like that didn't surprise me at all. Nobody was going to take Cooper Rush. I don't know why the Cowboys think he's a backup quarterback, but whatever. Will Greer, I, I okay, so nobody claims Will Greer, but you didn't get to see him a lot in the preseason. He'd been banged up. So the Cowboys get both of these guys, and they don't put either one of them on the active roster. They keep them on the practice squad. So what this means because of the new rules, you now get 16 players on the NFL practice squad. The, as we all know, we go, well, the roster's only 53. True. But On game days, you are allowed to bring one or two players each week from the practice squad to the active roster, essentially making it a 55-man roster for game days. You then have to get it down to 48 active players that you announce 90 minutes before kickoff. And that, again, and we talked about that, if you have a minimum of eight offensive linemen on the active game day roster, you then can have 48 players active for the game. If not... It's 47 players active for the game. But what this is allowing them to do is when you bring those two players from the practice squad up on Sunday, you can return them to the practice squad on Monday without them having to go back through waivers where they could be exposed and claimed by another team. You can do that three times per player. Now on the fourth time, if you do that, they would have to go through waivers or you have to terminate their contract. So basically what the Cowboys can do If they if they want, they don't technically have to sign Cooper Rush or Will Greer to a a contract. They can just keep them on the practice squad and they can just rotate those guys, do it three times for each and get through the first six weeks of the season without having to carry either one of them on their normal 53 man roster through the week. Now, I really think this is one of the uh, this is one of the
1: smartest things I've seen them do in a long time and now the downside is it means you ain't got you don't like either one of them really as your backup quarterback otherwise you'd have you'd have named one but since you didn't instead of just saying huh let's pick now they're like you know what let's just let them compete let's see if they keep getting better let's see if uh, something happens over the next six weeks to uh, change our mind in one way or the other and uh you know now you'll get i mean not that you weren't but you know for sure you'll get everybody's best ever because they know what's at stake and the opportunity to, to come up on the roster and check this out, Matt. It's also to get that payday. You know what I'm saying? Because yep. you up on the roster, you're getting a minimum of that 750000 or whatever it is. You know, in the practice squad, you get, I think, 7000 a week. Now, for a lot of folks, 7000 a week, including me. I, I kind of take that seven a week. Yeah, oh, it's, it, and
0: what, what's interesting about that is it is it's more this year. The minimum for players with two or less accrued seasons is eleven thousand five hundred per week on the practice squad. But both Greer and Rush have more than that, and so their minimum starts at fifteen thousand four hundred. But they can make as much as twenty grand depending on if they negotiated what the Cowboys were willing to pay them. Right. When you get elevated to the game day roster, the minimum for that week is forty one thousand dollars. Not a bad week, my friend. Yeah, and and it's interesting. And and so the other way that this works is each week, if you keep a guy on the practice squad, because let's say, for instance, all right, Cooper Rush, who basically Mike McCarthy said is, is the number two quarterback. So when they get to the Tampa game, they call up Cooper Rush for that game, and then they can send him back down to the practice squad and he can stay. Well, every week they're allowed to protect four players a week that cannot be signed by another team. So if they really like and they want to keep one of these two guys around or both, they can say, all right, those are those are two of our guys. No one else can have them. They're ours no matter what. Right. So it's kind of interesting the way that the practice squad works. But these new rules like you're kind of talking about, I mean, the Cowboys ability to manipulate this allows them to keep other guys on the active roster that they like more. And it almost it's almost like, okay, we get to extend training camp for Greer and Rush by six weeks. And then at the end of that six weeks period, if we've gone through their designations, we can figure out which one of these guys do we really want as the number two. Because starting in week seven, they're going to have to have one on the 53 that they carry through the week on the actual active roster.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, that's why I said I, I thought it was really uh, a really good move for them. Now, I will get the Cowboys credit, man. One thing that they've done over the years is just be creative, whether it was, you know, salary cap stuff years ago. They they can be really creative, and this
0: is to me one of one of the things that they've done to prove that. Yep, and it, it's uh, it's weird. I mean, the way the practice squad works is a little. It's a lot different than it has, has ever been, but that's kind of a. a hopefully, you have the you know better, is, the better understanding of it.
1: It's really to me now like your junior varsity. You know what I mean. I mean, in a sense, with sixteen guys on it now, that's a lot. That's man. what. That's what. That's what I'm saying. Like before, it was really a practice squad. It's like like five guys used to be on a practice squad well that just helps you out to practice just a little right. bit but 16 guys that's basically your JV man
0: and cuz you got them all over the place um
1: it's just uh, it's it's interesting to me
0: yeah and and not uh, you know not only are they doing it with the quarterback they're doing it with kicker too there is not a kicker on the active roster but Brett Maher is on the practice squad and you got to think it's the same thing with him because what they're probably going to do for Tampa They'll bring up Cooper Rush, and they'll bring up Brett Maher, and then after the Tampa game, they'll send them back down to the practice squad.
1: Yeah, how about that? That's roster manipulation at its finest. It is. Um, I was a little surprised that Carlos Watkins uh, didn't get claimed by anybody. I mean, he was a solid reserve, I mean, solid player last year. I thought somebody
0: might pick him up as a reserve. I mean, he is 28, but nope. And he's back on the practice squad, too. He is, man. I mean, that's a dude who's been a solid contributor in the NFL on the practice squad now. And, you know, Sean McKeon, so they got to keep all the tight ends that they had. Malik Davis, nobody claimed him, so that fourth running back is on the practice squad. Uh, Drummond, the wide receivers there. Avante Collins, the tackle. Lindstrom, the center that you saw in the preseason a little bit. And then Malik Jefferson, who, you know, I, I saw somebody – you mentioned something about him on Twitter and it's interesting because Malik Jefferson was a stud at Texas got into the NFL and he, he's almost like you like to call him the AAA players. He was right? really good in college. I mean, a really good linebacker in college, but he's not quite good enough for whatever reason for the NFL.
1: Yeah. And I, you know, because he hasn't been in Dallas long and I haven't been around long, I haven't really figured out what the issue is with him, whether it's, um, you know, you know, maybe he can't run. I mean, I don't know. You know, is he not good enough against the run? Is he not big enough? Is he not good enough in coverage? Do you know, just what his issue is. Does he not see the scheme clearly enough? Uh, there could be a number of issues, but you know, he's on his third team, I think. And at this point in your career, especially as a third round pick, yeah, uh, you kind of are who you are now. Now, I'm going to say this: there's always the J. Ron curse thing where you know you just got to find the right scheme and the right system and boom the light goes off and it works for you but um you know i don't know why I'm, i mean because you know he was he was i mean one of what was it the buckus award in college so it's not yeah. like he couldn't play no i mean again like the third round pick but as i told guys because some guy hit me on twitter he's like could all the scouts and stuff be wrong and i go and i was trying to be nice because i wasn't trying to be you know a jerk but i'm like dude we know lots of great college players who can't make it in the NFL for whatever reason. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, look at Sam Darnold. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> He's number yeah. three pick overall. Yeah. yeah. He can't play. I mean, hell, Josh yeah. Rosen's
0: another example of that. Dude's been on Josh like 500 Ray- teams.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's there's a difference. And then there's guys who couldn't bust a grape in college who come to the NFL and become players.
0: Yeah. Go, fig- go figure, man. It's weird because Malik Jefferson, I I didn't realize this. I mean, this is a dude, he played one year with Cincinnati who drafted him originally, played in 10 games, had a foot injury, and was cut during training camp and final roster cuts the very next year. So a third-round pick in Cincinnati, they gave him one year, and we're like, nope, we're done with you. That means you really can't play. Yeah, and this is where it's interesting. Started with Cincinnati, the next year with Cleveland and only was there for a few months in Cleveland. The Chargers picked him up. He was with the Los Angeles Chargers for a little bit less than a year before they got rid of him. Tennessee picked him up, had him for 5 days on their practice squad and released him. He goes back to the Chargers and is with the Chargers for a few months but is waived after the season. Last year is signed by the Indianapolis Colts in May. And did not make it through their final roster cuts and was on the practice squad with them, got on the active roster a couple of times, and then was released and finally signed with the Cowboys. So that has been the path of Malik Jefferson. That I mean, I'm I'm not being funny. That tells you you can't play. Because the third
1: round grade, the Texas tape, and maybe whatever his measurables were at the combine, yeah, that keeps giving them opportunities. But then he shows up and they go, oh, this is why uh, they cut him. Oh, this must be why they cut him. Oh, what he does? Uh, okay, that's, that's probably why they cut him. Um, you know, and so I don't know. You know, I can say this. He's probably a good dude because he keeps getting opportunities. Because when he shows up, he does
0: everything you ask him to do. He's just not good enough. So there it is. That's the Cowboys practice squad. I will say this when we talk about they didn't put in a waiver claim for anyone and I don't know who it would have been anyway they are going into the season with this group of wide receivers and we can sit here and say because McCarthy has been really high like Gallup's gonna be back I don't it it, he's not gonna play week one but it sounds like he might be able to play in week two that's great but let's keep this in mind you're still an injury away from Lamb or Gallup to it being exactly how it is in week one where you've got one of those two guys as your main wide receiver and a bunch of dudes who have never played in the NFL as the rest of them. Bro,
1: (laughs) scared the bejesus out of me, bro.
0: I mean, I just don't understand how they look at this and say that they're truly comfortable going into the season with this much inexperience and this much where you, I mean, and they can, oh, our projections. Okay, yeah, but you don't know. You just don't know. And to look at this and say, great, we have Lamb and we have Gallup in week two. Ah, oh, shit. CD <laughs> pulled a hamstring. He's going to miss two games. Michael Gallup. Because then what What if something happens to Lamb? Then Michael Gallup yeah. is your number one receiver, who you know is not a true number one receiver, with Noah Brown and a bunch of dudes who have never caught a pass at all in the NFL.
1: Hey, man, they've 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 gone this route. And again, man, you know, it's okay for if they know something we don't know it's okay if these guys show up and they start balling out and we're like oh my god matt you're an idiot they knew what they were doing oh taylor you're you're a fool clearly they knew what they were doing all right fine tip your cap to them and say hey that's why they pay y'all millions to figure this stuff out but don't ask us to believe it before it happens that's all i'm saying yeah because i
0: don't and and the other thing of it is and I don't know how many people have realized this. Jordan Lewis has been has a hamstring that has given him some problems. He has not been practicing. Now, McCarthy said yesterday that they're hopeful he'll be back to practice on Monday. You know, the Monday of the week that you start preparing for Tampa Bay in, in an actual game. Right. If not, and again, we talked about this at the corner position. If Jordan Lewis, for whatever reason, if that hamstring doesn't get to a point where he can play against Tampa, that means you got Trayvon Diggs on one side. You got Anthony Brown on the other and you've got, I guess, Deron Bland, a rookie fifth round pick as your third cornerback going up against, you know, Tampa doesn't really have receivers. I know it's just Mike Evans and it's Julio (laughs) Jones and it's Chris Godwin and it's Russell Gage. I know they don't really have a group that anybody looks at and thinks, man, they've got people. But that's who you're asking those guys. Kelvin Joseph, Naishon Wright. Obviously, Trayvon Diggs will be on Mike Evans and Anthony Brown will be, I'm assuming, on Godwin. But I mean, I just again, those are the two positions where they are a legitimate injury away from really having some issues. They, that's, I mean, that's
1: that's the route they've chosen, bro. And so we just have to accept it and, and hope for their sake that uh, that that doesn't that it doesn't go down like that. I mean, you know, the reality is with receivers, you can say. Well, this is a po- I bet if you looked at it, receiver is the position that has, you know, some of the least amount of injuries because the contact is, you know, is not so great uh, overall, you know. So, yeah. I mean, you can you can hope to that. I mean, it's not like they're a linebacker or a running back where they're hitting – where they're absorbing big blows all the time. They've, you know, they've changed the rules so that even when you go across the middle, it's no longer a death blow available to you. A lot of – so, I mean – If you're going to take a risk, that's the position to take a risk at.
0: But still, it just makes you nervous, bro. It does. But look, hey, to be fair, as Mike McCarthy pointed out yesterday, that the Packers, when they won the Super Bowl in 2011, 10 rookies played on that team. And he did point out that there are 17 rookies on the current Cowboys roster. So, you know, hey, if it was good enough. What I thought was hilarious about that is, there's 17 rookies, bro? Yep. That's a, that's a third of your team. That have never played in the NFL before. Get the fuck out of here. Well, bro. Jacques, now, there were 10 rookies on that <laughs> Packers Super Bowl team. <laughs> you know that Packers Super Bowl team that had a quarterback named Aaron Rodgers and a running back named Ryan Grant and James Stark and a group of wide receivers named Jordy Nelson, Greg Jennings. <laughs> <laughs> that weren't rookies. Oh, and, and Donald Driver, who was still hanging around, and James Jones. None of those guys were rookies. As a matter of fact, what he'll point to is go. Like, well, Randall Cobb played. Yeah, Randall Cobb did play. Guess what? He played in 15 of the 16 games. Only caught 25 passes because you had Jordy Nelson, Greg Jennings, James Jones, and Donald Driver.
1: <laughs> See, bro, that's the stuff. That's the stuff that be killing me,
0: man. I mean, what are we Just doing? Stop it!
1: Just stop it, man. Just stop. it.
0: I mean, it's just stupid. Like anybody can go and look at this and sit here and go, "Okay, yeah, you had rookies on that team, rookies that barely played."
1: Yeah, so that's what
0: I'm saying. Just stop it. Stop the drama. As Chill would say, it's just I. I feel my God. I. I I'd, I'd honestly be really curious, and I, and maybe I'll do this when I get some time. Although I say this, we're going into the busiest part of the year. That comment made me want to do the deep dive and go back like Boom. the last like 10 Super Bowl teams and see how many rookies were on their roster. See, that's why you my guy,
1: because that's I just went over to pro football talk. I was looking at Green Bay's draft class from that year because that's when people say is what I tell y'all all the time. And see, this is what I loved about being a reporter. I don't. I don't say that in the past tense. It's just that I'm doing more different types of projects these days. But when I was a beat guy, and I was even if I was a communist, I was around like all day, every day, all the time, dude. I would hear that, and I would go do the deep dive right then and be, you know, you know, I might even ask him some questions about it the next day. Like, well, Mike, only you know, only two of your ten rookies played more than two hundred snaps. So, you know, were they really the difference between winning and losing the Super Bowl? Is that what you're trying to tell? You know, because that's what right. you're trying to say on the slide, like, oh, we had ten rookies on that class. They played a huge, vital role in us winning the Super Bowl. And then you go back and look at it and you go, well, dude, this guy played 50 snaps, this guy played 20, this guy yeah. started three games. None of those guys were the difference between winning and losing the Super Bowl, if that's what you're trying to tell us. I mean, it's, it's just absolutely fact, insane. I'm gonna commit to y'all. I don't do this often, I'm gonna commit to y'all. I'm gonna go back to the JJT research department and I'm gonna look up that rookie class from the Super Bowl team and, and bring y'all some answers. To see whether Matt and I are correct for calling bullshit or whether Mike McCarthy says,
0: I told you guys, this is what we do. I mean, I I can just like right off the top, like real quick. So, I mean, this this is comical. So, I just did this real quick. Derek Sherrod was their first round pick that year. Who? He, he Well, he's an offensive lineman, much like Tyler Smith. He played in five games as a rookie for the Packers. They're relying on their first round pick with the Cowboys this year to start at left tackle and play, I don't know, what, 12 games, 13, until their other left tackle gets back. Now, Randall Cobb, I just threw out what he's been through. Randall Cobb was probably their fifth wide receiver on that Packers team as a second round pick. Alex Green was their third round pick that year. And you may be going, Alex Green, Alex Green. Yeah, you remember this, the Packers Super Bowl run with Alex Green. He was he was a big part of what they were doing at running back, so much so that Alex Green had three rushing attempts for the season. <laughs> big contributor, man. They really had, because you remember like at the end of one game, they're like, oh, God, we got to get Alex Green in there. And he got three carries all year. <laughs> But, I mean, okay. so th- that's what he's trying to, to trick us into believing here is that this is a Packers team that won the Super Bowl with these rookies that were really contributing. The Cowboys, a third of their roster are rookies that have to contribute. Mm. I mean, stop. <laughs> this, and see, I'm telling y'all,
1: and this is what we've been talking about for a while. at least I have for a minute. I get more and more and more annoyed when they're trying to play on my top and what that means is you just you treat me like i'm stupid you just you, you it's like you climb him in my face like <laughs> watch me. hey hey matt watch watch me tell him this see see what he says yeah <laughs> dog and it just it's annoying and it's insulting and it gets on my nerves if, if you got a problem it's okay to say we got a problem wow you know, but don't try to act like you don't, man, and cover it up. That's just annoying.
0: Yeah, it's insane. But they keep trying to do that to us. And I I'm honestly, I'm not exactly sure why, but this is the Cowboys. The other thing, yeah. and this is almost, again, they tell you one thing, but then you start seeing what they're doing and it's like, oh, okay, so you actually do realize that there's a need or that there's a problem here. You just wanted us to believe that you didn't think so. They have brought in Jason Peters. They are going to work him out. He is a left tackle. Many of you remember him, a longtime Philadelphia Eagle who started 15 games on the left side for the Chicago Bears last year. Jason Peters is 40 years old, but he has scheduled a visit with the Cowboys. We are recording this on Thursday. He will be in Dallas on Thursday. So who knows? Maybe by the weekend, they will have added an offensive lineman. But again, this is the Cowboys going, oh, hey, guys, uh, have you seen our offensive line situation? Who's out there? Well, Jason, remember Jason Peters? He was like dominant like 10 years ago. Oh, yeah, the Eagles guy. Bring him in. That's what they do. (laughs) Now, I will say, Jason Peters, this is interesting because he was on – serious xm nfl last like a couple of weeks ago and he says i'm looking for an upcoming offensive line a good team or a playoff team either or is good for me because i can pass my torch onto some guys that are trying to get better the younger guys the new generation or if i get on a team with some vets they already know how to rock we can just go to the playoffs make a run try to get another ring said right now i'm good either way because i can teach or i can sit back and listen and learn from other veterans so whenever the opportunities come, I'll give it one more run. So maybe it is a good fit, and maybe he can come in and and, and work with Tyler Smith and, and, and work on helping him as a guy who at least has a ridiculous amount of NFL experience.
1: Well, see, dude, but this, to me, this is what I'm talking about. Like, it was okay to say that from the jump what's stupid is like oh yeah you know he wasn't good enough to uh, beat out conor mcgovern the great conor mcgovern at guard but right yeah we're gonna throw him out at the most important position on the offensive line the left tackle and act like it's no big deal that's what they told us that's what they wanted us to believe that's what they said and then you hear behind the scenes you know they're they're trying to trade for this guy they're inquiring about that guy oh now they got jason peters in for yeah because that's what you're supposed to do man there's no crime in saying wow, we got Tyler here, huh? We didn't really plan for him to play left tackle right now. He's the future, but we didn't plan for him to do it right now. We got to go get us a veteran who can carry us a little while while we get ready to to make him the left tackle. That's fair. That's accurate. That's cool. But, I mean, come on, man. That stuff you feeding us,
0: I mean, smart people ain't eating it. Yeah. They're throwing it up <laughs> like that. Yeah, very much so, man. And, and that's where – you know Peters would be very, very interesting. We are talking about a guy who is a rookie in two thousand and four. Yeah, but he played last year and he was okay last year. No, he. I mean, yeah. again, he started fifteen games. This, he has two hundred and eighteen games of starting offensive line experience, and we're talking about a guy who is a six time All Pro. Now, granted, that was years ago, but still, right. Well, he can be solid. That's how you do. can you just not get that killed, right? And can we
1: try to get something done out there? Uh now you know, you know, I don't know if if he hit here's the deal. If he went into the off season planning to play, then he's in shape or he's in decent shape. If he went into the off season going, Ah, oh, we'll see, then he might not be in decent shape. And it might take him a while to get ready. But if he spent the off season saying, Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to play one more year, baby, whoever baby is, um uh, and so you stayed in shape. You worked out. You you've been you just been waiting on who's who that call is coming from, you know. Then maybe he can come in, and get the playbook, and you know be ready in a week or two, or be serviceable
0: in a yeah. week or two. So we'll, we'll see. But again, they they gotta have somebody. And if Jason Peters is on the roster, kick ass. I, at, at least you feel that this is a guy, because he would immediately become your swing tackle. I don't think they would actually start him. But they, they would use him if they needed to. And it might be one of those things, if they get in the first game and Tyler Smith is getting Chaz Green, they might be like, okay, well, whatever. Peters, get out there, and we'll just keep working on Tyler Smith. We'll see. I don't yeah. know. Yeah,
1: no, that's that's exactly what I think. Now, if it turns out Tyler Smith can handle it and you don't need him, fantastic. But this is all I'm going to tell you. Shit matters. Because I ain't going to never forget rookie fullback Chris Gronkowski missing the block because he didn't know what he was supposed to do. And so he didn't even attempt to block. He just missed it, missed the assignment. Linebacker came right up the middle and killed Tony Romo and put him out for a long time.
0: It happens, man. You cannot mess (laughs) up in this league. You can't do it. So we'll see how it turns out. But on a positive note, one thing that's at least positive is Freeway Tire Shop. You at least know no matter what, and I'll tell you this, Jr. will talk Cowboys with you too. You want to go in there and and bitch and groan about the Cowboys, he'll do it right there with you, man, along with giving you the best customer service you will ever experience at any mechanic shop, and you'll drive away actually feeling good because you'll have had a great experience, but you also know you're at a mechanic shop that the guy stands behind his work with Freeway Tire Shop.
1: Dude, you know, y'all know I ride with Jr. man. I take my cars over there. That's because he crosses all the T's for me. And we're talking about trust here. I trust him to diagnose what's wrong with my car. And I trust him to use quality parts to fix the daggone thing, man. Then, I trust him to charge me a fair price. And bro, I trust him to stand behind his work. Uh, I've experienced all these things with JR. Every single time, he's done exactly what he said he'd do. I roll with him. I rock with him. You should too. He's five minutes from downtown Dallas. If you're anywhere in the vicinity... Take your car there and get it fixed because you ain't got to worry about it. You don't have to worry about it. You drop
0: it off, you get it back, you're good, you gone. It's Freeway Tire Shop. Check them out just north of downtown Dallas. You can schedule an appointment. You can request a quote. You can do it right now online at freewaytireshop.com. We also, of course, my friends, Smokey John's Barbecue. And again, they are wrapping up their customer appreciation week. And we told you about this last time. But they are celebrating their forty sixth anniversary. That's forty six years of business for Smoky John's barbecue, and they want to say thank you. So if you are listening to this on Friday, September second, you can roll over there today and get a loaded mac and cheese bowl. It'll cost you seven dollars and forty six cents. You want to go this weekend on Saturday, you can get the hot link brisket seven dollars and forty six cents. Obviously, it's Labor Day weekend and they've got a monster Labor Day special. I know a lot of people, especially with the college football stuff, maybe you've got some friends coming over on Saturday or you're planning a cookout on Sunday or Monday. Let them do it for you, man. For $132.46. Here's what you get with the Smokey Johns Barbecue Labor Day special: four pounds of meat, which that's a lot of meat, two quarts of sides eight rolls, a pint each of peach cobbler and banana pudding. You get all the fixings, the pickles, the peppers, the onions, the barbecue sauce, and gallons of either your choice, tea or lemonade. That would be what you are trying to cook yourself for the party that you want to have for Labor Day weekend, and Smokey John's will just do it for you. Bro, does it get any better than that?
1: And, 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 the food's delicious. It is. (laughs) You just don't get a lot of it. You just don't get it at a great price. Bro, the food is delicious.
0: It's insane. Ah! Four pounds of Smokey John's meat. That's, I mean, my God. Might not move for a month, but my belly feels real good. I mean, I got to tell you, like four pounds of Smokey John's meat is like just worth the price. And then it's like you get all the rest of that. They just throw it in. I mean, that is awesome. So check them out, man. They want to say thank you for all the support over the years at Smokey John's Barbecue. Still a couple of days left in their customer appreciation week. Or maybe order their Labor Day special for your Labor Day weekend as we launch into fall. It's Smoky John's Barbecue. If you're in the DFW area, they're right off of Mockingbird in between 35 and Lovefield Airport. Actually, right, up, essentially right around the corner from Freeway Tire Shop. So you can, no. knock, you can knock out two birds with one stone if you needed to. Yeah. Five minute drive, bro. So make that happen. So the other thing to get into, well, let's go ahead. We'll take a trip around the block. And then we got a couple other notes from around the NFL and some other stuff. But, I don't know how many people are aware of this, but I saw this and I thought, man, I almost wish that I didn't have anything to do on Saturday. And I almost wish that the powers that be in this world realize that this is the opening weekend of college football. Nobody wants to go to a movie. They want to go and watch college football games. But maybe your person is like, I don't care about college football. Well, if that is the case, then perhaps on Saturday you can celebrate what is now a new designation National Cinema Day, which they just started, and they are doing this in order to boost people to get back into the theaters on Saturday. And this is wild, man. The, the the vast majority of theaters in the country, all AMC theaters, all Regal Cinemas, are taking part in National Cinema Day. All tickets at any time for any movie will be three dollars. How about that? Now that is a deal.
1: Yeah, it's rare, but yeah, that's the real deal. They probably moved the popcorn up to 12, but hey.
0: Well, whatever they're doing, man, but apparently they said, after this summer's record-breaking return to cinemas, we wanted to do something to celebrate movie going. We're offering a thank you for the summer that was made happen and an extra enticement for those who have not made it back to theaters yet. I mean, $3 a movie? For any ticket, any movie, any any format, you can go see IMAX, you can go see, like, whatever the theater is, any movie, any format, any time, matinee or at night on Saturday, $3. Damn, that's a damn good deal right there, bro. I mean, movie tickets haven't been this cheap. I don't even remember, like, in high school, I'm trying to remember, it might have been like if you went to a matinee, a matinee, it seemed like it was five bucks, but $3 for any movie, any time? And that's anywhere in the country. Wow! At at most theaters, I don't know that all chains are participating in this, but I know that all Regal theaters and all AMC's. I think Cinemark's doing it too. That pretty right, much covers sh- ever. Yeah, well,
1: that's shame. Anybody else who isn't in,
0: dude, and that's one of those things where I thought, it, why can't, why couldn't they do this some other time? Because I'm not gonna look. I mean, we're. T- have you seen the lineup for college football games on Saturday? I'm not going to the movies. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I'm just, I mean, I'm not going to the movies, but I wish I could. I don't even know if there's a movie in theaters I want to see right now. That's cheaper than renting a movie on Amazon at home. <laughs> that's a really good deal. So if you are. Dude, and, you're right.
1: I'm it's telling $3.99 you. on Amazon. Yes.
0: And that's the thing. I mean, and I will say this, you know, if you're married and you have a couple of kids and there's some movie you got, you can go to the movies for $12 for a family of four. Wow. That's impressive, man. Hell yeah. So hopefully they'll start doing this every year, but hopefully they'll realize, hey guys, so college football starts that weekend. Maybe we should do it w- another time. Because <laughs> otherwise I'll never go. But anyway, also the Bro. other thing I had for you. Yeah. Bed Bath & Beyond. Oh, we're going to smell good. In- well, that's Bath & Body Works. Oh. See, so yeah, you're confused. Okay. Bed Bath & Beyond is the big box store that has like all the, well, they have stuff for your bed, stuff for your bath and beyond. But they are closing 150 stores and laying off 20% of their workforce. Whoa. You know, and this is just another one of those signs of, and I started, I was thinking about this yesterday. I don't know if it'll happen. Maybe it will. Maybe it will happen in my lifetime. But I think that we are at some, you know what, I, I, I'll say this. I wonder maybe it takes another 20 to 25 years, but I wonder if we will get to a point where there will be a generation where we will say, hey, I'm going to the store, and they'll be like, you're doing what? What's that? Dude, uh, you know what, bro? I think you're absolutely right. And it started with Amazon, obviously, but all these other stores now, it is so easy for you to, I mean, you can order from Target, you can order from Walmart, most all grocery stores you now can order, and they'll deliver it to your house. And I just wonder if we're getting to a point especially with the big box retailers i mean things like this like best buy bed bath and beyond i don't know how they survive because the generation coming up even the ones behind me are the ones that i mean they do more online than anybody you know and i i I cannot tell you the last time i went inside like a best buy or a bed bath and beyond or something
1: no man uh, you know see i was thinking it like you know we've talked in the past about you know drones yeah uh delivering stuff to your doorstep and all of that but i was in there thinking man and now you know you, you can get your groceries delivered you can get your food delivered um remember years ago they used to have that challenge you know can you stay in your house and not leave leave it and we'll pay you a hundred thousand dollars if you can survive a, a year in your house bro people would be like yeah that's not a problem you, you couldn't even do that contest anymore uh because you can get everything and anything that you want delivered to your house and uh shoot up uh outside is just getting out so you can be out in the world and see some other humans you don't have to leave your house now if you
0: don't want to yeah, that's exactly how it and i you know what another thing that I'll do sometimes when I go to store like say I go to a target or what have you, I will get on the Amazon app and see if I can get it cheaper on amazon oh bro i do I do that all the time that's not even uh
1: Matter of fact, um, when's the last time you
0: did that? I—I I mean, probably last week, to be honest with you.
1: <laughs> I was gonna say I was doing that with a—I um, was trying to see if I could if I could find the, the newer price, but I was doing that because I was um, thinking about getting a uh, an air fryer in Jackson. Like I got one at home, I was like, do I want to just carry it back and forth? You know, I was just trying to figure it out. And so I saw it at Best Buy. It was like two oh nine. It was like one eighty nine at uh, Walmart. It was one forty nine at Sam's. And I was like, "Can I get it cheaper? Can I find it cheaper on Amazon?" I think it was one forty nine on Amazon. So
0: the answer was no. But I do that all the time, bro. Yeah. So I feel you. I'm with you. Yeah, and it's interesting, man. I mean, it's one of the especially now that Amazon has this thing where, and I didn't realize how easy this was. So I'll give credit to the lady fiance for this because she does this all, she'll order stuff on Amazon and then it gets here and she doesn't like it. I didn't realize how easy it is to return stuff on Amazon. Like, all you have to do, basically, is you can either, you can take it to any UPS store, walk in and be like, hey, I got an Amazon return. They're like, cool, you just leave it there. Or, most Whole Foods now, because they're owned by Amazon, you can, like, you can, like, she ordered a pair of shorts or something the other day and she tried them on didn't like them. She walks in, I can't remember, it was either Whole Foods or UPS where she returned it, doesn't have a bag or anything, just walks in and goes, hey, these are Amazon shorts, and they scan her little thing on her phone, and they just take the shorts by themselves, and they package it up and send it back to Amazon for her. How
1: about that? And I was uh, like, holy the, crap, I didn't know it was that easy. Now, the other the other question with that is, do they then, uh, how do you get your refund?
0: Well, it's basically almost immediate. As soon as they oh, scan it in, it? yeah, and, and I mean, it might take like an hour or something like that, but. Oh, shit, that's immediate. Dude, I mean, it's, it's some, like one time she dropped them off and by the time we got home, our little Amazon thing was flashing and I was like, you know, what's the alert? And it said, your refund has been issued. So as soon as they scan it in and box it up, I mean, it's basically, you get refunded. And so now Amazon started doing this with clothes where they give you, I forget, it's like a three or a four day period where you can try it on before you pay for it right and it's one of those they will mail it to you you do not pay for it unless you keep it and then like four days later they will ding your account for the cost of the item otherwise you can have it try it on like i don't like this and within four days or whatever drop it off to return it and you never get charged dude that's greatness right there see yeah. this public service announcement right here i'm telling you man and and that's why as amazon continues to evolve and add things like this that's why it makes it almost impossible for some of these big box stores to keep up with it and i know because amazon's going to end up owning earth but man when you're just a little peon and and you're you're we're not the king of the castle man i don't know i i i convenience and ease means i mean i weigh that a lot i'm just telling you
1: no it's it's huge it's important bro it's uh it's convenience man is great and if I can get what I want conveniently that's I mean that's a whole another level
0: it is and, and so that is something I don't know other stories will have to evolve and continue doing that and I but still can they see and that's the thing can they and I don't know who's going to be able to do that I think there's still generations that like going in places and I will say this because I like to support small businesses and there's something different about walking into a small business like you go downtown to a square and there's all these little shops and stuff that aren't corporate or anything it's just somebody's hard work that they own it the vibe that you get and what you feel like you're getting from that is just so much different like to me i don't feel like i ever need to go into a big box store because if i need something of that nature i can just get it on amazon versus if i wanted to shop or do something then i would go to a a local small business
1: no i get that that makes sense you know, Matt's got me all about the local in the uh, in the last uh, few years. So, nah, dude, I'm, I try to spend my money with small business owners more than anybody, especially since I am one now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's one of those things. And then finally here in the block, and this is for all of you that live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, I'm sure you're very familiar with Jake's Burgers. Well, I mean, they're everywhere now. they're all. I mean, they're in Flower Mound, Frisco, Grand Prairie, Grapevine mansfield there's some in fort worth lake i mean they're everywhere but the original jake's that had been in uptown dallas has closed it had been there for almost 20 years wow and it closed about a week ago and much like everything else it was right there on mckinney avenue in uptown dallas one of the most profitable obviously the most iconic jake's restaurant but they have shut it down because, pretty much like everything else that is closed in Uptown, they are turning that plot into a 19-story tower with 300 Damn. residences and 60,000 square feet of office space.
1: Now, see, that's interesting. I would, it's it's interesting because you know I still don't I don't get the office space thing, man. Um, I mean, maybe we're all maybe America will bounce back totally and completely in another couple of years but it seems to me like people are still working from home as much as they can and doing zoom calls like I was talking to somebody this morning who said I used to spend almost all my year on the road we got zoom during the pandemic he goes and I don't go on the road almost to anything anymore because we found out we didn't have to and so wow 60,000 square feet of office space it seems like a lot but hey maybe they got somebody in mind to fill it
0: yeah I mean maybe I don't know man but I mean, that's all you hate to see that I used to go like, as you know, I don't eat stuff like that anymore. And I haven't eaten a burger in a restaurant like that in seven years almost. But Nick and I because one of my very best friends that I've known for years and years used to live in uptown, he had a loft in uptown back when uptown was hopping. And it was a cool place to be around. Man, we used to go we would grab a Jake's burger. I don't know, a couple times a month, probably down there. And so it's wild that that place is no more. But if you are a fan of Jake's and you live in the Addison area and and they are moving in on Midway Road, they will open this month in place of where the Blue Goose Cantina used to be, and I can't believe that Blue Goose Cantina closed down. That 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 had been there for years.
1: Dude, it's the uh, you know, man, and we know this from from trying to run our business. It's hard
0: out there, bro. It is, man. <laughs> It is definitely not easy to do. It is definitely not easy to do, but Jake's in Uptown has died. So as we move forward, we got a couple of other news and notes to get into for you, but let's tell you about HFX Foundation Solutions. I'm telling you, man, after what we have experienced this summer... If you are in the DFW area, because they service all of DFW, all of them, and they, they are a full service foundation repair company. And not only that, they also can take care of your drainage issues, like gutter installations, things like that. With the heat that Dallas Fort Worth experienced, and then the, the just mass deluge of water, foundations are wonky as hell in North Texas, man. If you have noticed anything, Here towards the end of summer, if you started to notice sticking doors or cracks in like your ceiling or your walls and stuff, have them come out. HFX Foundation Solutions, it is a free, no obligation inspection. And I think after what a lot of people experienced this year in DFW, maybe you do have a problem, maybe you don't, but get some peace of mind. Dude, to me... That's what
1: it's all about man it's all about creating the peace of mind that comes from having aaron and his team give your house what we lovingly call a colonoscopy that means you check it out everywhere from top to bottom especially the bottom the roof the foundation but you look all over man and find cracks windows sticking doors sticking all these things that tell you there's a deeper issue they do all of that man they got great technology they're a great company they will give you peace of mind so give them a call That's 817-770-0174. Have Aaron and his team come out and uh, give you the peace of mind that
0: you deserve. Exactly. That is it. Jacques just told you it's very easy. 817-770-0174. Or find them online. If you'd rather do it that way, that's fine as well. Online, easy to do at hfxfoundation.com. But as we move forth here, it is the quarterback market galore, my friend. And we have our latest entry into Dak is going to get paid like crazy. Russell Wilson, the new Denver Broncos quarterback, has signed a five-year, $245 million contract extension in Denver with $165 million guaranteed. That is $49 million a year in new money, which would make him the second-highest-paid quarterback, well, third, I guess, behind Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers. Because keep in mind, Aaron Rodgers, with that two-year deal he signed, is making like $50 million a year. <laughs> it's
1: ridiculous, really, bro. Um, absolutely ridiculous, man. And uh, But it's only going to keep going up. And when I say ridiculous, I'm talking about just how quickly the money has just exploded. Because if you can pay somebody that much money, bro, how much must you be making, man? A lot,
0: billions. Yeah, like,
1: like thirty times that much. Billions. Um, you know, as it relates to Dallas, man, Dak is going back to the negotiating table middle of next year. Because if not, if not after this year, why? Because he got a four year deal. You don't want him to get into the last year. Because remember, you can't put the franchise tag on him anymore. Correct. So, and remember, Ty France don't play so you better start early not late thinking oh deadlines make deals Nah, don't take that approach with this just understand that toward the end of this year and certainly in the offseason man they're going to be talking to Dak about an extension why Matt I'll tell you why the price don't ever go down no it doesn't so not. what you can sign Dak for to an extension midway through year 3 no matter how obscene it appears will be less than if you wait to the start of year four and Dak then I already showed you I'll sit I'll wait I let my dude handle that I don't get f- frustrated by it so he not one to play with he and I already showed you that so go on right now and if he if that's the guy that you want and maybe they decided man
0: what did Russell Wilson just get? 49 million? 49, yeah. And I, I was thinking Deshaun was higher. He's not. Russell's now number two behind Aaron Rodgers, who's at 50. Russell's at 49. Kyler Murray is at 46.1. Deshaun's at 46. Mahomes is at 45. Josh Allen is at 43. Derek Carr is at 40.5. Dak and Matthew Stafford are tied as the eighth highest paid quarterbacks at 40 a year each.
1: All right. So he's going to be in that uh he'll be under Rogers, but Dak and he'll probably be under Russell Wilson. But Dak can make a case. I'm I'm right there with all those other guys.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you I mean, would you can. would think that he would make that case and it'll be really interesting as well because you look at the what's on the way murray i mean not murray but justin herbert justin herbert joe burrow Burrow. lamar jackson somewhere i mean how in the world baltimore hasn't figured this one out you got to think that they're trying to get that done immediately with the deals that have happened recently with russell wilson kyler murray even deshaun watson perhaps even well sometimes
1: this happens man i've done it where you bet on yourself lamar jackson did it brother he bet on himself and my god is he going to win big and this is coming from a guy who wrote a column last year for uh anscape which used to be the undefeated that said lamar what are you doing man what if you get hurt before a deal comes in you're going to cost yourself millions bro yeah and and he was like i don't give a damn
0: And now he will jump up ahead. And and so that may happen sometime in the next week. Like, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Baltimore gets that worked out before the start of the season because Jackson's a free agent as it sits right now. He's a free agent after this year. So when that happens, that would bump Dak down. And then everybody who was pissed off, what, uh, two years ago about the Dak contract will now look at it and go, oh, ninth highest paid quarterback in football? Eh, Okay, that's about right. I mean, we told y'all at the time, it's the cost
1: of doing business, man. There's for everything you're doing, there's a cost of doing business. And if you want to be in that business, that's the cost of doing it, brother.
0: Yeah, I mean, pretty much. It's not even optional. It's just what it is. And you got to hope with the Cowboys, because this is one of those things as well with Denver that because they signed the contract now and they still had two years left on the original Wilson contract that. They have now seven years that they can move the money around with. That's what the Cowboys lost out on previously, and that's why it would be it would behoove them to sign it now with with Dak before you get to the end of this contract. Because then what happens? You have a year or two left over from the contract he's on where you can spread the money around. So yeah, we can sit here and go, oh, it's four years of this new money, but when you spread it out and it gives you more room to maneuver.
1: Exactly again man they you know the way they manipulated the roster with the practice squad fantastic give them all the kudos in the world for that brilliant i love it be the same way man when you dealing with dak and his contract because we know it ain't going down and you know if you want him around and you think he's the guy then you know go ahead and do it because it's not going to ever be any cheaper
0: yes because he's in year two of that four-year deal And if they were able to sign after this season, if they're able to sign him to another extension again, you would have two years added to that. So say he signs a four year deal after this season, a four year extension, that would give you six years where you can spread the money out and help yourself down the line. But we'll see what they decide to do, because as we know, with Dallas, sometimes it's almost as if, well, I I, I don't know about that. I mean, who knows? Literally, bro.
1: Literally, the price goes up every year, every day.
0: It does, and it's going to continue to go up because, again, as we mentioned, some of these young quarterbacks that are out there are going to sign new contracts. Lamar Jackson is going to jump way past Dak. Jackson will be up there, and it's just going to change, and the market will continue to be what it is. And and it's never going, as we like to tell you guys, it does not go down. It's never going down. And you can say, oh, that's too much to pay for Dak. Okay, you want to go get Kirk Cousins? Because he's 35 a year. You want to go get Jared Goff? He's 35 a year. I'm telling you, brother, that's, that's the cost of doing business, dog. That's what it is, man. So finally, we'll wrap it up with a little conversation because I mentioned this earlier, but, man, college football is here. The full weekend, and I've talked about this before, but I love that the NFL just kind of gets out of the way and lets college football for that Labor Day weekend do their thing. You've got games. We're recording this Thursday. There's a full slate of games tonight. There's a full slate of games on Friday. Obviously, Saturday is the big day. Then you get to Sunday, where you have that one key primetime matchup between Florida State and LSU. And then Monday on Labor Day, the college football weekend wraps up with Clemson on the road at Georgia Tech. But this is such a great weekend. And man, there are some really good games this weekend. You look at that 2.30 slate on Saturday. You get Oregon and Georgia. That's an 11 versus 3. You get Cincinnati against Arkansas, another matchup of two top 25 teams. And then you kind of go through and like Utah on the road at Florida and Gainesville is going to be a fun one. Texas opens up the season, meh. They open up against Louisiana Monroe. A&M opens up against Sam Houston State. But I love it, man. College football is here and there's a ton of games that I will be watching over the course of this weekend.
1: Dude, it's... um... It's my favorite sport, man. I mean, a lot of people probably think the NFL is my favorite sport, but college football is really my favorite sport because that's where all the passion is. That's where the pageantry is that you don't really get in the NFL. Uh, That's because you're really cheering for the name on the front of the jersey um, because players come and go, uh, but your love for that. And, you know, the the other thing is not only cheering for the name on the jersey, man, in a lot of cases, you got sweat equity involved. Like, I went there these are my brothers in a way uh my relatives my family in a way because i spent money there they're spending money there we walked in the same halls we went to the same dorms all of that stuff man plus college is normally everybody's favorite experience (laughs) so yeah when you put it all together and then you throw in somebody like me who went to a big time program like ohio state it's just all the better
0: brother yeah and it's There's so much this year. Uh, Alabama and Ohio State to me, and, and I said this yesterday on my radio show, I think it's very, very rare. I think it's only happened three times in the last like 20 years. Texas USC comes to mind. It's happened a couple of times since then. It feels like we may be setting ourselves up for Alabama and Ohio State to run the table and meet each other in the national championship game as one versus two. It's so hard to go through a college football season undefeated but these teams, because I keep thinking this, those two teams, even Georgia is not on that right on that level this year, mainly because of the quarterback position and some of the skill positions that Ohio State and Alabama have that, that Georgia just doesn't have that proven depth right now. Right. But man, I just I, I think because everybody goes, well, OK, yeah, yeah. So they're better than everybody else right now. But other teams are going to get better throughout the course of the season. So are Alabama and Ohio State, man. You know, like they're also going to improve as the season goes on. Both of those teams will be favored in every single game. And not only favored in every single game, they will be double-digit favorites in every single game. I mean, it is going to be an upset, like a real upset, for either one of those teams to lose.
1: This is all true, bro. Um, I love my team, but... The way I tell Cowboy fans to think about their team, I think about my team the same way. We open up against Notre Dame. They're ranked number five. Matt seems to think that we'll beat them without too much issue. I'm a fan, so I go, dude, I don't believe anything until I see it. And all I have to see is is our offensive line able to run the ball when we choose to run yeah. the ball because we're a passing team. Last year, even though we had Trayvon Henderson, man, against good teams, we couldn't really run the ball whenever we felt like running the ball. And then defensively, we were awful last year. We were awful last year, and even when we were winning, I never felt good because the defense was awful <laughs> by 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 the standard of championship teams. So I need to see what our offensive line looks like and whether our defense can stop anybody. And if uh, they play good against Notre Dame, then I'll jump on I'll jump on the uh, we're going to the championship game bandwagon. But until I see that, which is just a couple days away, I got to have a little tempered enthusiasm.
0: Yeah. And it's going to be very interesting because like you're talking about with Ohio State, they either fixed the defensive line or they didn't. And you have to know in week one, because when they played, you look at the teams that ran all over them last year. The one thing they had in common where they had big physical elite level offensive lines. Notre Dame has one of the best offensive lines in the country and you know you like minnesota oregon last year michigan who ran all over them they had really good offensive lines if ohio state's defensive front is not better like right out of the gate then notre dame can hang around because they'll be able to push him around and run all over them and notre right. dame's control got a new quarterback game, this year clock. right uh, notre dame has a quarterback who can run i mean he's more ian book than jack Cohn who they had last year who is like a statue so that that may be an interesting game but i'll tell you To me, if Ohio State's defensive front is better, which it should be, and Notre Dame can't run as easily on them, then Ohio State will just like, well, see you later. Because Notre Dame doesn't have the speed and the skill on offense to get into a shootout with them.
1: Nah, nah. And, uh, you know, I expect the offense to be great. and so. But anyway, I mean, it should be a great game. I'm expecting a great game. I, I hope it's an Ohio State blowout that'll be even a great game, a greater game. But I'm not expecting that. I'd love to see it, but I'm not expecting it. And so uh, my problem is I'm going to be at uh, Jackson State, Florida, A&M in Miami. And so who knows when I'll get get around to watching it.
0: Yeah, but it's that's kind of how I am this weekend because I am headed to Arkansas this afternoon and will be in Arkansas over the course of the weekend because we are having an engagement party this weekend with our families and whatnot celebrating our engagement. And it's Saturday evening. So I'm going to – and I was looking at this as like, man, it's Saturday evening. I was hoping there might be some decent games at 11 a.m. this week. Nope. <laughs> Saturday at 11 a.m. Like, I'll watch the AM game because I'm curious to see if Haynes King has figured out how not to throw to the other team. And then North Carolina State and East Carolina is actually a really good game. And so I might check out those two. 230, because here's what happens. Like, 230 has, like, really – I mean, there's – There's multiple games at 2.30 I want to check out. But at 2.30, our party starts at 6, which means I'm going to have to start getting ready at halftime, and we're going to have to leave before then, so I won't be able to see the end of those games. And then Saturday night, obviously, is when the teams that I really need to watch, Alabama and Auburn both play, in Texas at 7 o'clock. So it is what it is. Dude.
1: Oh, see, I just stumbled across this quote from Ryan Day, Ohio State's coach. Coming off last year, there's no big heads. We got to go
0: win this first game, and they know that. They have a lot to prove. See? That's how I feel. They do, and that's very true. I mean, like I said with Ohio State, that if that front's not fixed, Notre Dame can run all over you. So we'll see how it turns out. That being said. Hey, what time is that game? It's at 7 o'clock, I believe, 6 o'clock, 6.30 on ABC. Oh.
1: All right. Well, I might be able to catch some of it.
0: So that will be one that I will be watching uh, later on where I will be watching a lot of games later on, which is OK. I mean, that's how it goes. And then I'll, I'll be spending a lot of my Sunday on the drive back because I have to do my show on Monday. Like I'm not off for Labor Day. Right. In college football world, you don't take off Labor Day. But as we drive back, I told her, I was like, you may have to drive some because I'm going to have to watch a ton of games in the car. <laughs> try to get caught up in stuff so that when we get back Sunday night I'm not flailing trying to have an idea of what I missed. I do love technology. Although, I got to tell you, bro, this is
1: real talk now. And I don't know how many different teams they do this for. Uh but I looked on YouTube, man, and they you can you can roll you can roll across those uh extended game highlights that are like 10 minutes long. And it's like you watch the game.
0: Yeah, yeah, you can do that. And I I did that last week. With Vanderbilt and and Hawaii, like oh on YouTube my. TV, yeah, I watched because they do. They did thirty four <laughs> key plays, and I watched that. So,
1: yeah, that'll. I mean, that'll. I mean, if you're just trying to get a feel for, Outer yeah, down,
0: yeah, just trying uh, to get like, okay, what are we looking at, and how how did this happen, and who kind of flashed, and who is, you know, right. and you, you you get. I was surprised, like you get a really good feel for both teams just watching like those key play things.
1: It's crazy, yeah. I, I mean. I was doing something had a little downtime. I went back and watched the
0: Rose Bowl from last year. Very nice. Yeah, it was good. That was a, that was actually a really good game last year.
1: That's why I went back and watched it cuz I was yeah. I expected Utah to win uh from the jump because, you know, Ohio State didn't care about playing the Rose Bowl. They're trying to get the national championship. And Utah's like, "Oh, we're in the Rose Bowl. We a chance to play Ohio State. Let's go whoop their ass." <laughs> yeah, man. I mean. I mean, really, that's so I expected Utah to win. So when they got up 14-0, I was like, "Yeah, that's what I expect." And So I turned it off and went doing something. And uh, I peeked in it, and I said, oh, we made it a game. But then I said, well, you didn't watch it. You gave up, so you you don't deserve to watch it now. So I didn't go
0: back and watch it. Yeah. (laughs) Fair enough, man. But it'll be interesting to see. I mean, this is going to be a fun season. You know, last year we had Cincinnati and Michigan made the playoff. I think Utah, out of the Pac-12, has a great shot to make the playoff this year. The Big 12 may surprise some people and put in a team like a Baylor or an Oklahoma State. Obviously, Clemson and Georgia are all there. But the reality of it is, like, I I can't see, like, if Georgia or Clemson made it, I don't know that three out of the preseason top four teams make it to the playoff. Like, somebody that's that's ranked a little bit lower down is going to crash the party. it will be curious to see who it is. And some of it's just how quick can some of these guys figure it out?
1: No, it's always about that. And it's always curious these days to see which team like Cincinnati
0: will make that run and will they be able to sustain it. Yeah. And, and that is a, that's a big key, man. That is a big key for what they're going to be doing this season. But I, I just, I, man, as much as I look at this, it's so hard to think it's not Alabama and Ohio state at the end, unless if, if Clemson and their quarterback situation gets figured out, they've got the defense for it. But, they still got DJ a quarterback. Yeah. They got DJ Ungalale. But they also have a true freshman, Kade Klubnik, who is, was the number one quarterback recruit in the class. And, if DJ can't figure it out, they will have no hesitation of going to this guy. So, you know, I was shocked he was so bad last year. Well, and it's weird too because people are like, "Oh, Clemson was trash." They went ten and three, but they've they've gotten to a level when they go ten and three. Oh, they're not any good. They suck. I mean, think about that. And one game they lost to Georgia by by a touchdown, and another game they lost in double overtime to a team that finished ranked in the top twenty-five. So. I don't know that I would say they were trash. They just again teams like that sometimes have an off year, but they're at a level where their off year is 10 and 3.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's I mean, you know, will that. how we work. I think we lost two games and people were going crazy.
0: I know, man. But I, I will I, mean, I will yeah. take that. Give it to me now. Exactly. So that is college football weekend. That is our weekend. We'll figure it out, man, because I'll be in Arkansas on Sunday, and we're staying at an Airbnb, so we'll figure out how to get an episode to you guys on Monday, wrapping up college football week one. And next Monday, it's game week, man. Think about that. When we drop an episode on Monday, the Cowboys will be less than a week away from opening the season against Tampa Bay with a rookie left tackle and five dudes at wide receiver who have never caught a pass in the NFL.
1: Oh, so you you just triggered a thought. I forgot just that quickly. Jackson State and Florida State. I mean, Florida A&M plays Sunday. Oh, look at you. So my Saturday's wide open. Your Saturday's free. You can watch all the games. Yes, but I'm in Miami on South Beach. So we'll see what I get. Over. We'll see how many I get a hold of. Well, that's kind of, uh, I mean,
0: yeah, Miami on South Beach. That,
1: that's fun. Just the options. Like, you know, I'm not going to be wearing a Speedo around Ocean Boulevard, but okay, Ocean yeah. Drive. But You're going to maybe have a, you know, a Cuban sandwich? Perhaps. We had a great one there. We Perhaps. did. Yeah, that was fantastic. Uh, but I, we, I'm going to get around and, and see see some sights and hang out a little bit on Saturday. Right. Uh, Sunday is the day that uh, Jackson State and FAMU play, which means I guess we'll be working early rather than late if we get it done.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to figure that one out, man, because we'll we'll both be traveling. There's a lot going on, but hopefully somehow we'll have a podcast for you on Monday. I, you know what? Yes. Maybe it has to be late. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But All if right, there, cool. if for whatever reason there isn't one on Monday, then what Y'all can we know. do? We're doing the best yeah. we can. You know what I mean? It would suck hey, to not yeah. have one on Monday, but with everything going on this weekend, we will do our best to see if we can at least get a short one out for you guys.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's what happens when you got two people doing their thing, man. I know. That's a big-time radio host. JJT Media Group is blowing up. So, hey, these things uh, these things are good problems to have.
0: Yeah, I mean, really. I mean, hey, man, if you guys, anybody out there wants to throw some money our way and sponsor the podcast, let us know. Because then that helps us to be able to free up more time to do this. Hell yeah. I mean, that's reality, man. So let us know. I mean, we could use some more sponsors. That would be great. We got some people we'd like to have on that want to get paid. <laughs> True that. I mean, let's make it happen. So let us know, but we'll be in touch. Enjoy your weekend. Happy Labor Day to everybody. And we will talk to you again very, very soon. Thanks for listening to the Jam Session podcast. Make sure to find us on Instagram at Jam Session Cast. Of course you can also find us on twitter at mcmatt radio and at jjt underscore journalist our podcast is sponsored by greening law a personal injury law firm in dallas texas greening law fights the legal battle so you'll have time for healing and renewal give them a call at 972-934-8900 greening law office dallas texas